Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was a data dump Friday in so many levels, whether you were looking at grain or livestock, a lot of information was tossed at you. And of course, markets are closed on Monday as well in observance of the Martin Luther King holiday. Well, we're going to dive into what that WASDE report has to say. And of course, weather has been a big concern as well for our livestock producers. As we've talked all on Friday, a big shout out to all those cattlemen and women and just livestock producers in general who have been taking the extra time to, to care for their livestock. And I just hope you take a few moments to take care of yourself. But these bitterly cold temperatures, wind chills, and you can get frostbite very quickly. So make sure you're taking care of yourself as you take care of those animals. With that said, stick around. We've got a lot coming up as we dive into WASD. Coming up after this. Meet the champions of innovation in the heart of Nebraska. They're not just farmers, and they nurture more than just crops. Pushing boundaries and turning challenges into opportunities. They trade knowledge and know-how and their dedication doesn't end at harvest. It's in your every bite and every drive. The future of food, fuel, and fiber, and the future of Nebraska starts right here. Well, welcome back once again. Super excited because John Payne's joining us. John is with Hedgepoint Global Markets. He's never been on this program with us before. He's been on the air with me on KRVN and the Rural Radio Network. So, John, I'm excited to have you a part of this week's show. And, and what a better week to jump on the show than a crazy WASDE report that brought some disappointments and some surprises. What is, let's kind of give your initial reaction to what well, you saw with those numbers. I'll start with the bullish side of it, which okay. was weak. We got a lower acres number. And I think the market right now is looking for, and as I'll get into it here shortly on the bear side, uh, it's looking for demand where it can and it can't find it. So it's having to ration the supply side. And to see the farmer reacting that way, for whatever reason, I don't know, I can't explain why the number was down. I think we planted 35 and a half last year around there. Uh, and now it's 34 and some change. So we've seen some shedding of acres and that's bullish, um, you know, in this world we live in. When the farmer starts to react, that's tend to be a, a good sign. So we'll call it $6 Kansas City wheat. And, uh, you know, maybe give or take 50 cents of the upside is what that where this decision is being made. Um, you know, so I'll take it from there. I don't know. Uh, do you want me to jump into the bearish case or do you have any? any yeah, so. yeah, let's just kind of see. Let's flip the coin and look at the bearish side of everything. OK, so soybeans will start there. And and really, it's kind of confirmation of, of two things. One, that uh, the U.S. crop was bigger than last than expected. And so I don't know if you've got archives, but I'd love to like look and watch the show from we'll call it late July early August, you know, as far as when the beans were being planted and, and the yield guesses that we saw back then. So we have that, you know, change now. The U.S. yield increased. And then the Brazilian crop, which isn't great by any means, but it's like, it's good. You know, it's okay. It's not like we're not looking at crop failure there. So you're starting to see the dominoes get stacked on the logistics of South American beans now. Um, so the story today from WASD was, you know, you know, we have tight beans in the U.S. That's known, okay, uh, and that that the supply side is is struggling a little bit from the standpoint of finding demand on the export markets. So, um, if you're growing beans, you're selling it two places: you're selling it to the crusher, or you're selling it to China. And the Chinese aren't doing well. 
see their hog the hog prices over the last couple of, of weeks there have been ugly. Uh, and they have um, uh, the crushers, which have been doing great. 2022, go back and look at the crush margins just on the CBOT math. They were making $2 a bushel. Um, now I think they're at 90 cents. So if you want to get back to those margins, you're looking for beans to fall quite a bit. Or we need to see oil rally. And we see meal rally. And if we can get those markets to rally, um, you know, that's where we could turn. But we didn't get news of that either. So I hate to be the bear on a, on a cold, snowy Friday. Um, I'm, I'm really just reading the tea leaves, not predicting anything. Um, but it wasn't a pretty picture that was been painted as far as future supply goes, because my assumption is the U.S. farmer is going to get out and do its thing in the spring and do it at, at the, you know, not a record pace, maybe, but at a pretty good one. Well, you know, in those corn numbers, too, that were released from WASD, uh, many folks made the comment that there were some big surprises in those yield numbers when they did, took the jump that they did. Yeah. I, again, same thing. Corn's a, corn, you go back, to, I'm sure there's more content on what the yield guesses were. And, I mean, 177 was like, you're, get out of here. You know, you weren't in the, invited into the conversation in, in the middle of, uh, of the spring, really. But at this point, I think that's priced in. And now you have a carry market that's developed. Um, you know, we've exports and for corn right now are humming. And that's great. I mean, that is what we're hanging on. I think that, uh, you know, that that reflects to me a bullishness that beans do not. You know, look at beans where beans are trading versus the rest of the world. Beans are way up here relative to where Brazil is. And so in corn, the opposite. In corn, we're down. Uh, apologize for the slamming of the door. Um, <laughs> um, in, in beans were down and, uh, you know, or in corn were the cheapest. So, uh, you know, if we can hold where it is, corn can fall maybe another, 50, you know, 20 cents or so on the front month futures, but you're getting in some pretty good values. So earlier on Friday, I obviously, after the report came out over the noon hour, I had a farmer reach out to me, one that watches everything that happens kind of across the Midwest crop wise. And he said, I guess the key is dry weather means bigger crops. And I'm sure genetics have a lot to do with that. But he too, like so many on social media, were so surprised at the big jump that they took in those bushels per acre on both corn and beans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I can't speak to any of that. You know, it's kind of one of those things where like, I totally understand. And I'm from, I'm not a agronomist. It's right. always baffled me, Susan, how they can know and I know it's like, oh, you know, there's surveys and all that. I get it. But what's the margin of error? Like, how is all this? And it really sets the tone to what the trade can look like. I'm not I'm not conspiracy theory or anything. I'm just defining that the inputs that come from the farmer are judged by, you know, whoever. And I think it's really more of a myriad of the market. I mean, the speculators can trade off this. And that would be my takeaway today. Like, everything I'm saying here, could we open up Monday night and be limit down? I mean, sure. I guess. I mean, this. if you wanted to just lean on this news as the reason, I'm sure it could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, that's like in the realm of the global possibilities in the world that could. And so with this kind of news, it's like, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's like we got more supply coming. That's basically it. So Hedgepoint is a is a not to shill. Hedgepoint is a global uh, company. So we have a, a basically my head office is in Brazil. OK, we're one of five. Uh, Americans, six Americans that work, uh, you know, at the firm out of like 150. And I'm probably wrong on that size, around that size. 
And so like we're, we're working with farmers basically in Brazil. And the one thing that astonishes me, it just always kind of still to this day is like, these guys are trading off the Chicago contract in Sao Paulo, in Mato Grosso. And they are, that's the instrument that they use as their hedge derivative. And that to me puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the Chicago board if it doesn't perform at two places, it's got to perform with China and it's got to perform with the crush and neither of are happening right now. So until that turns, which one, the crush, where does that come from? Like biodiesel, let's, let's sign it up. I mean, the, I look at gasoline right now, it's 275 here. Diesel's 420, you know, like what is that spread about? And, you know, bring on more supply there. This is value, but are we low enough yet? I don't know. You touched earlier, kind of towards the beginning of the report, you talked about China and uh, yeah. everybody knows that their their economy has had some some major struggles going on, um, but so is a reduction in livestock. How do you see that long-term picture in 24 weighing out for, for U.S. producers and growers? Well, not good. I mean, I, that's just like, I, you know, you come on a show like this and you ask like what you think, how, how it is. And it's like, just I'm defining how it is. And so you know, to, to project a change. And in reality, like you're talking about an inversion in the carry in a really bullish market, like we saw post COVID, that buying has to come from somewhere. So the Chinese buying right now is not coming from consumer demand. Their unemployment rates are high. They're not consuming a lot, like on the relative scale that they were used to. They're still consuming a lot of commodities, but, you know, they claim growth is five and a half percent, but like, I don't know if that's true or not. And I've always been told by some good senior traders that like, China needs to grow at seven and they'll buy beans till the moon comes home. And like right now, Chinese consumer demand is going up because they are kind of financially easing their economy, which is supporting standard of living. It it's, can't last forever. And China, you know, we need to see a new input of demand. And that, in my opinion, is crush. That's the crush. And that's where you're going to see plants popping up uh, across the Midwest, you know, at I don't know how many are planned. I, I wish I could get the number. Is it 15 maybe over the next mm-hmm. years? And that's incredible demand. And that's a story, especially if you're putting in your gas tank, just like we are in ethanol. I mean, if you're using E85, how you doing? It's pretty good. I mean, that's that's the cheapest fuel out there right now. Thanks so much for joining us real quick. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Just go to hedgepointhub.com. It's a, we have like a kind of a cool database that we've compiled uh, of analysis and other things that, you know, people are into the markets. This isn't, this isn't so much depth analysis. I mean, it's a lot of it's there available in depth analysis, but it's like, it's very unbiased. And I find these, you know, work with these guys who are from Brazil, give them a shout out. They, um, you know, that'd be a great place for you to check us out. Take a demo of our product. It's called the Hedgepoint Hub. Um, and you can learn about what's going on in Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay and South American Brazilian AI. Like there's a ton of stuff to learn if you're not if you're not familiar with that. All right. Sounds good. Also want to remind you guys as listeners and viewers, these commodity markets are a risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.